What is up, y'all? This is Robbie, and this is the third episode of Life at the Helm. Uh, got a good topic today. Why become a Christian? It's a question uh, I've been asked a few times, and I think a lot of people ask low-key um, why somebody would want to turn away from all the world and its goodies, so to speak. So here's my simple answer. Uh, let's give it a go. Alright guys, so why become a Christian? Um, for me, I never thought I was going to become one. Uh, I went to church with my brother first. Well, I honestly, you want to go way back. Uh, I went to church first with my great-grandmother, who actually is now at home with the Lord, um, but never really paid attention to it. Uh, though I think some of those things uh, kind of snuck their way in there in my conscience and my heart and ended up having a seed planted probably and just got watered throughout the years. But I got saved when I was 18. I think I told you guys this in the first episode, but I never thought that I would become a Christian. I didn't. Um, my mom raised me and my brother um, on good morals, being good people, kind people, nice people, respectful um yeah so i always just thought you know i'm straight why do i need to be a believer and you know i had some friends that were believers that didn't necessarily represent the lord right with some of their decisions and you know i i see how the world will look at us now and try and pin it and blame it on us as to why they're not believers um which is funny but that's not the reason uh, ultimately, that decision uh, lies personally with us. You can't blame it on anybody else but yourself, to be honest. So uh, why become a Christian? I think it was a good topic. I think maybe I can engage with some of you, uh, even though I know uh, most of this is just my friends and my family um, listening into this. stuff. But I'm hoping maybe if somebody referred you to this podcast and... Um, you're not a believer and you're maybe wondering why would somebody want to become one, especially now during COVID season and uh, just the way things are, you know, what what would lead somebody to do that. So that's my hope is to kind of just go through this and talk about it with you guys. Um, I think something I heard a while back on a study really pinpointed for me on why I became one, though I don't think I had those questions to begin with. Uh, very uh, popular pastor. Um, I love this guy. I love listening to his stuff. Alistair Begg. Uh, I would do an impersonation right now of his Scottish accent, but I don't think that was right. But uh, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. Um, I love his stuff. He's by the book for sure. And uh, he did a study and he said, a study I was listening to that the Bible answers three main questions that the human uh, person just normally has weight on them. And uh, I believe probably sooner than later, they, they come to a point and comes to a head where you are actually questioning these things subconsciously. Maybe you're not verbalizing them to 
other people, but you are definitely wondering and asking about these questions. And so in the Bible nails all three of these, but here they are. So the first one is, who am I? And you're basically not just asking, who are you? Like, who am I kind of thing? Like, you don't know who you are, but you're asking, um, where is your identity coming in from? And, you know, when you're not a Christian, your identity comes in from a lot of different things. But that's the thing. It comes from things. Uh, you're putting your identity, you're getting your identity from, you know, for a man, it's it's from uh, your job, your money, how much money you're making, your power. If you're a, if you're in the leadership role, um, women, how many women can you get all these things, you know, kind of help define what a man is. And I'm sure women can probably say something different. I can't speak on y'all, but, you know, we, we try to get our identity from a lot of different things. But all these things that we try and pull from are all um, not fake, but just it doesn't pan out. You can't put your identity in your money or in your job or in uh, the power you think you have and whatnot or, or the women because those things fade. They all fade. And the Bible answers this question. It tells you who you are. The second question people ask, and I, I think... This is a question that I was even wondering about uh, when I was a kid and, um, you know, when uh, my parents uh, were going through a divorce, I had questioned, why am I here? And with that question, you're asking, basically, what is your purpose? Why are you here on this planet? Why are you alive? And the sad thing is a lot of people who lose sight of this question or don't have the answer to this question, um, Take their lives and commit suicide. The Bible has the answer. Let's you know why you're here. Let's you know of your purpose. And the last question I think a lot of us think about, but not out loud. We definitely keep this question to ourselves. We ponder it. We we definitely want to know, but we're unsure. And even some of the things we've definitely heard, we're still unsure of and maybe don't even want to believe in. But the last question is, what happens after I die? And I think that's the scary one because you don't know, right? Before, at least before I became a Christian, I didn't know. Um, I thought like everybody else, you just got to be a good person and you'll go to heaven and you'll be straight. And uh, uh, that's not the case. <laughs> if it was, Jesus would not have to die on the cross for our sins. Um, but yeah, why become a Christian? I think... I think it's even more perplexing for people. I'm 29 now. Um, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink. Uh, I'm not having sex at all, period. Uh, and especially not with somebody that's not going to, not my wife. And, you know, when I talk with other, mostly guys about stuff like this, you know, they trip out, you know, uh, why, how come I'm not doing these things? How come I don't engage in these things? And then, you know, I, I tell them, you know, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. You know, we're, we're called to not be engaging in those things. You know, they give me a look on their face like, man, this guy's dumb or this is stupid. Or, uh, you know, I, he doesn't even know what he's missing out in. I had a good taste of the world. You know, I wasn't a, bel a believer until I was 18. So I engaged in a lot of bullcrap. Um, I've been to Egypt, so to speak, and I don't want to go back. So... I think this would be a good 
topic to go over and hopefully some of my friends or maybe random people who decide to give this a listen y'all can give me some feedback but uh all right why become a christian and the first question who am i our identity well again like i said earlier a lot of people find their identity a lot of different things and um you know let's just take this from the point of view of you can bear with me on what I'm going to say on these things, even if you necessarily don't agree with them. But just hear me out in here. If you believe in evolution and y'all believe in the Big Bang and think that out of completely nothing came something, then, yeah, this is not going to make sense. And you believe that you're a ball of goop and you transformed over millions and trillions of years and you're a human being. Uh, I'm sorry if that was the case and you believe in that, then yeah, you probably don't have a purpose and you're just existing. But if you believe and whether you don't know if it's Jesus or if it's God, same person, by the way, or if you think it's some higher power. But if you think and you believe or you can give me a shot in that some person over this whole universe with that power was able to create you then hear me out. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26 that we were created in the image of God. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. God created us in his image, in his likeness, right? That's where identity comes from, knowing that we have a creator and that we belong to him. The Bible also says in Psalm 100 verse 3, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, this is still an ongoing battle for me personally, um, not getting caught up in what the world deems as your identity. Um, at times, I was actually just sharing this um, with a very, very dear friend of mine that, you know, as a man, it's hard to not get caught up in wanting to have some sort of power, a lot of money, a good job, a nice whip. It's hard because society always deems it as such, right? But the Bible tells me that I'm created in the image of God. Uh, it says, and I believe it's Colossians 2.10 or Colossians, I believe it's Colossians 2.10. Someone can double check me on this. But that we are complete in Him. It's funny, you try to add other pieces into your life and you try to find your identity in those things and they end up not being enough, you know? You look at people who put their identity in their, um, in the world and in the money and all that, and that stuff is never ever enough. I mean, how do you? Why do you? Why do we have all these famous people committing suicide if you know if their identity is is sure and it's founded? It just doesn't make any sense, right? Well, then that just goes to show. I believe that we don't. We're not supposed to be finding our identity in those things. Your identity coming from God will actually kind of go and piggyback right behind 
that second question of why you're here. If you know that you're created from an all-powerful being and there's a and that's where your identity is coming from, then that's going to give you a purpose. But if you can't get past the first one, and if you want to put your identity in money or in your job and power or in women, and if you lose those things, then you so lose your identity. But for the Christian, you know, there's no way of us losing God. We can walk away and we can choose to not believe but if we stick to it our identity is going to be sure at times we will battle the temptation to fall back into what the world deems to be uh, successful or to uh, make you who you are but honestly um that's more so you know a person probably spending too much time on instagram or on twitter or on facebook or you know now tiktok all that crap but that Bible points to a supreme being, God, creating us in his image, right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I was reading today when I was studying that the human race, we're, we're different. And I, this is very obvious, but I think some people forget this. We are very different from any other created thing on this planet. We uh, have a personality. We have a sense of moral character, a conscience. And we also uh, have a link and a belief into a spiritual side. That's why there's so many different religions. Obviously, deep down inside, somebody knows, people know that there is something more. I think most people tend to cut it off and not... um, give way to that while other people seek to search that out but guys we have we have an identity and that comes from god the second question why am i here you know i used to sit i have a tattoo it's uh angels and airwaves it's on my left arm it's pretty big uh shout out to my little brother for telling me to not get it so big i actually wanted to get it bigger it was probably gonna be like freaking i don't know 10, 12 inches long from my elbow to like my upper shoulder. But my brother actually told me, he's like, hey, man, you shouldn't get that big. <laughs> but um, I got this tattoo because, you know, when my parents were going through that divorce and it was a very nasty divorce, um, I didn't turn to drugs. I didn't turn to alcohol. Um, you know, I did have my battle with pornography, but when I wasn't engaged in that, I just, I felt like, man, there has to be something more to this, this life. Like if this is it, you know, my real dad, not even being around my stepdad, I was barely getting used to him. And now he's going to be gone. Like, man, this sucks. This can't be it. And I begin to question, like, why am I here? What, what, what's our purpose here? And I used to listen to this band and it's funny, Tom DeLonge, if you guys know him, you know, he's the old uh, singer slash guitarist for Blink-182. In this side project, Angels and Airwaves, he got more alternative, more, uh, I think, uh, the genre is like anthemic, if that's a thing. And he believes in aliens, okay? He's not a Krishna at all. And I have this big old tattoo on my arm, which is funny when people ask me, especially when believers ask me, you know, and I tell them like, yeah, it's a band. They're like, oh, Christian band? I'm like, nah, it's a regular band. And... um 
Yeah, so he doesn't even believe in God at all. And he believes in aliens, but he would talk about leaving this place and leaving Earth and getting far away. And that just, it caught me. It caught me. And, you know, specifically, there's a song. It's my favorite song from them, I think. It's kind of moved up, um, but this is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, it's called Heaven. And it talks, there's a lyric in there where Tom is singing, please stay, don't go. I got you now. And I totally felt like that was God speaking to me. You're beginning to question. You're beginning to wonder. I got you. Don't go. I'm going to give you the answer. And thank God he did. I mean, it ended up being three, four years later. And I never thought, again, I was going to be a Christian. But three, four years later, he did. He came and he answered. And he gave me my purpose. And man, it's amazing. It's amazing, guys, to find what your heart has been searching for. I think my my biggest downfall, my battle for me was always trying to find it in a woman. Thinking that if I just met the one, right? And I don't even believe that's the thing anymore. But if I just met the one, I'd be set. I would have my purpose. Right? I would know why I was here. Um... And God came and gave me that purpose. And I thank him for that because that gives me my reason to live. It's my hope. It's what keeps me pushing, knowing that I have a purpose. I have a reason to be here. And so do you. For the person that doesn't believe in Jesus and has never gone to church, you don't care about those things. You're living it up. You're partying. You're drinking. You're smoking. You're doing drugs. You're having sex outside of marriage. It don't matter if that's your boyfriend or some hookup one-time thing. It don't matter. This person, you, I'm talking to you. You have a purpose and it is greater than all of those things. There is so much more in this world, but it's really outside of this world. What we want, what we need, really, actually, what we need, we can't find it here. We'll never find it here. And that's some of these scriptures I kind of want to reference here. So the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, that word work, workmanship in the Greek, because the New Testament was written in Greek for those who don't know, is poema. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But when you look that up, it's a very beautiful word because it literally means like a poem, but also a work of art. Uh, for any of those who can appreciate, uh, appreciate art, um, you know, when you see the finished product of something, an, an art, a painting, a picture, uh, even for me, I love cinematography and videos. Uh, it's a very beautiful thing. And that's the way God views us. We are his workmanship. It is a beautiful thing. These beautiful things can make bad choices and bad decisions. Yes. But man, when a, when a person comes to find out their purpose and it's their life surrendered and submitted unto God. It is such a beautiful thing. The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, Also he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I felt that. I'm sitting up there on this roof when I was in ninth grade, I believe it was, and I'm listening to Angel's Airways and I'm looking up at the stars and I'm looking at the constellations and I'm like, there has to be something more. 
and and I believe that's true. And I think you'd be a fool if you were to deny it. Don't nobody want to die right now. If I put a gun in your head and give you a choice to live or to die, ain't nobody going to choose to die. Yeah, you might have some people that are at the end of their rope, so to speak, and they just want to end it, but that's because they haven't found their purpose yet. Their identity is, is gone. It doesn't exist. But when you have a purpose, a sense of purpose, it gives you a reason to live. It gives you a drive. Without that, you don't want to live. And knowing, when I came to this verse, I was like, man, this is so true. Looking back when I wasn't a believer, that God puts eternity in every single person's heart, even the atheists, even whoever's listening right now. Again, if you're not a believer and you've never gone to church, there is a part of you, whether you want to admit it audibly or not, subconsciously, you know there is a part of you that desires something more, something great, something just grandeur, just it's, it's massive, but you cannot find it here in this world. That's the problem. Uh, I have a quote here I want to share. It's really good. It's uh, from C.S. Lewis. Uh, shout out to anybody that's ever watched uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Gangster movie. I definitely recommend watching it and reading the book if you're in triple OG. It says, uh, it's from C.S. Lewis, and it's from his book called Mere Christianity. He says, Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us happiness apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing can i get an amen well maybe not from y'all but my believers out there y'all amen you come to realize and i think that's the thing y'all when i was getting to that point all these different things in my life you know you have the divorce and just being in this funky space you know not having a good male figure in the house a man to lead me a true man you know and God just letting all these things happen and really just using those things. Life is unfortunate. Life sucks. You know, even if you don't believe in there, that there's a God, life is still going to suck. And you can't, you can't even blame it on him, which I think is funny. A lot of people that don't believe in God, that's what they like to do. For an atheist, they'll come and bring up God only when they want to shift the blame to him. Like, why is there natural disasters? Why is there rape? Why is there murder? That's not God. That's the human. That's the human heart. That's another thing. I became a Christian because I want peace. I look at this world and it's chaos. When it's up to men by themselves to govern themselves, man, that's a joke. You have a bunch of people with a bunch of wicked hearts and a bunch of selfish ambitions trying to lead other people with wicked hearts and selfish ambitions, thinking that we're going to make this world a better place. Impossible. It is impossible. Men can only govern themselves when their hearts are governed by God. C.S. Lewis has another quote right now that just came up to the top of my head. It says, to what will you look for help except that which is greater than yourself? We are not the answer to our own problems. And there is, again, 
nothing here on this earth, y'all. For somebody that's listening that may not be a believer, and I'm glad you are, please stick it out. There's nothing here on this earth that will ever, ever satisfy you, ever. You will not find it here. It is not a woman if you're a man or, or a man if you're a woman. It's not money. It's not materials. It's not a house. It's not your job. It's not your friends. Those things will fade and pass away. And even then, our life is not even guaranteed. This could be the last someone would ever hear from me. I could die tonight. I can die tomorrow. You never know. Where are you going to find your purpose? You won't find it in the materialistic things. You won't find it here on earth. I'll tell you that right now. What about the last question? What happens after I die? Again, I thought, hey, man, just be a good person. You'll be straight. God knows you're trying. You know, you're trying to do good things. You hold the door open for the old ladies. That's cool. You know, you let other people go online and cut in front of you. Whatever. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever you may deem good in your own eyes. And that's the thing about being moral is that morality changes from person to person to person. And if God doesn't exist and if he's not your standard, your moral standard, then really there is no such thing as right or wrong. How do you know if something is good or bad unless you know what good or bad is? Right? What happens after I die? Well, here's the scary part. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. I just feel like, man, if I could do a little warp on that, maybe I might try and do that, but I don't know because I'm not... I don't got that technology ought to be doing all that, but I would definitely morph it to something crazy like uh, that monster kind of thing. If I did that, cool, kudos to myself because, you know, I'm doing this right here on my iPhone with some pillows behind it. Uh, shout out to the broke podcasters out there. But, I mean, we all know we're going to die. Again, another thing that we don't want to mention, we don't want to talk about. We all know we're going to die. But the scarier part after that is the judgment that the Bible talks about. Now, specifically, for those of you who don't know, there's actually two judgments that the Bible talks about. One is for a believer. By believer, I mean that somebody who has submitted and surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, not only as Savior, because, of course, everybody wants to be saved and go to heaven, but also to have Jesus Christ as Lord, meaning he gets to say what you're going to do with your life. Not you, uh, not your mans, not your girl, not your mommy, but God. Two different judgments. Believers will account for what they did with a life submitted to God, their works, their motives. All that's going to be tested by fire. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, if y'all give me a second, I'll flip to it real quick. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, granted, this is for the believers because this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. So he's talking about believers. We're all going to have to face God, but, but it's not a judgment based off of our sin and our evil because that has been taken care of by the cross. See, what a blessing. Look at you be a believer. You ain't got to worry about your sin. It's already taken care of. Bible says in 1 John 1, 7 that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. So I'm straight. I ain't got to worry about that. But if you ain't got Jesus on your side, 
and you've been listening to this and you're not a believer and you've been living it up and you don't really care about church and you don't really give a damn unless your grandma's the one inviting you or maybe your mom or your brother, your, whatever. I mean, man, you got something to worry about because that's the second judgment is for the person that rejects Jesus, rejects his word, rejects the church. Non-believers are going to be judged for their rejection of God and his word. I want to share something with y'all real quick that I pulled up. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? I feel like, man, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't go to church, you probably know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But here's a kicker that nobody else continues to read on from verses 17 to 21. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him, Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. Listen up. You know, I was talking to uh, a relative of mine who felt like God was the one that throws people in the hell and he sentences them. That's further. That can be further from the truth. We make our own decisions. That's the scarier part. You choose to go to hell. Maybe I might have lost a couple people right now. Tune that off. Don't want to listen to that. That's fine. Bear with me here. There's a point to all of this and there's a hope at the end of all of this. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Everybody's experienced that. Man, we all, we all know we've done bad. We all know we've done wrong. Granted, we believe that some of our own wrongs and sins are smaller than others, but nonetheless, we know we've done wrong, right? And it's shameful. We don't ever want to bring those things to the light. Bible just confirms that. Verse 21, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen and that they have been done in God. That second judgment, guys, is the white throne judgment. And that comes in Revelation 20. Verses 11 through 15. I'm going to go there right quick. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was, not, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Man, that's a scary thing. Listen, I, I need you guys to hear this. This came from my old pastor at Calvary Chapel of Montebello where I got saved. He said, we're not condemned for the amount of light. We are condemned if we reject the light. Did y'all hear that? We are not condemned for the amount of light. We are condemned if we reject the light. We don't go to hell because we haven't done enough good things 
or we've done too many evil things. Because even if you felt like you've done too many evil things, those evil things can all be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. But there is no amount of good that you could do to get you into heaven. In the book of Isaiah, I can't remember what chapter it is. It might be chapter 64. Someone might have to double check me on this. But it says that the righteousness of man is as a filthy rag. And when you look at the Hebrew word filthy rag, it literally means tampon. That's gross. Um, we don't go to hell for amount of good deeds or, or, or lack of good deeds. We would go to hell because we rejected Jesus Christ. Y'all, if you're listening and you're not a believer and maybe some of these have intrigued you a little bit, maybe not. But look, I'm, I'm trying to share with you from my own heart and my own experience. When I started to hear the gospel and what it was talking about, it didn't make sense to me that some man who never committed sin would decide to die for me while I was in my sin. That made zero sense. And even more so, was that the way for me to get into heaven, you tell me I would just have to believe in him and believe that he died for my sins and he took my place and that through his resurrection, I'll have everlasting life. I mean, guys, it don't get much easier than that. It is a gift. All you have to do is receive it. But the sad part today in the world that we live in is that a lot of people tend to reject it. And even sadder today, I'm noticing with this whole COVID thing that's going on right now, is that a lot of people are choosing to walk away from it. Guys that I had looked up to, guys that I had trusted and guys that, I man, I thought they were gonna be solid until the day that they, they died and they're gone. Hell was not created for us, but it was for the devil and his angels. And that's in Matthew 25, 41. You guys can double check that yourself. God desires all of mankind to be saved, but we have free will. Some will choose not to believe. That's the thing. It's a choice. I became a Christian, y'all, because the Bible answered those three main questions for me. Knowing that I was created by God himself and that through him and him creating me, he gave me a purpose and a reason to live. And that my destiny is sealed because I put my faith in him. If you don't know that today, I would challenge you. Look it up yourself. I did. You know, before I really gave my life to the Lord, I went and I Googled things and I watched YouTube videos. And, you know, you got to be careful with that because it will be a, a damn rabbit hole. But look it. You just have to understand and admit that you know in your own heart of hearts, you know you desire something more that this world cannot offer you. Cannot. You have to be willing to admit that. And you have to be willing to admit that Christians aside, what that, whatever that may mean to you, whatever that looks like to you, that persons, the face that come to you when you think about that, however their life is and whatever they're doing, disregard that. Read the Bible. Check it out for yourself. Do the homework. Could this be true? Or is it not? Man, I think if it has the chance to change your eternity, you should at least give it a shot. I mean, what's going to hurt you by doing it? Ain't nothing going to happen. Bible ain't going to bite you. I mean, it might sting a little bit, but 
the physician's knife wounds to heal. You'll be good. Trust me. Proof, guys, that God wants everybody to be saved and everybody to live. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. I'm sorry, it's actually 1 Timothy. Not second, my bad. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. God wants everybody to be saved, y'all. Everybody. There's more verses, 2 Peter 3 9. You can check that out real quick because I'm trying to keep these short and sweet now. I'm not trying to keep y'all here forever. But in Ezekiel chapter 18, we're going Old Testament now. So you can't even come at me like, oh, it's just New Testament, just Jesus and Christians. Nah, bro. We're going back to the OT here, dog. Okay. Jewish people, same God. Check this out. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Says the Lord God. And not that he should turn from his ways and live. God is giving you an opportunity. Therefore, verse 30, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, which is a, a willful meaning to sin, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. God is literally Plague, uh, begging and pleading with us to give our lives back to him. He created us. Why would he want you to die? You have a purpose, a reason to live. You have something so unique that there is literally only one of you that can do that. What do you have to lose besides selfish ambitions? The Bible gives me hope, y'all. Check this out. You look at the world today, especially today, and it looked like we ain't got no hope. It's chaos. This is nonsense. This is going on right now. The Bible says in Revelations 21 verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Don't you guys want that? Don't you want peace? Don't you want true love? You have nothing to lose by becoming a Christian, but you have everything to gain. Everything to gain. It's true. Christianity is normally for a lot of people who are hurting and broken. But Jesus said it was going to be so. Matthew 9 verse 12, he says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick you know, that's what bewilders me sometimes when people say Christians are just uh, cocky and they're self, self, uh, so self-righteous. Uh, I'm sure there's people that come off like that, but a true Christian, man, we know we're sick. We know we need a doctor. We know we need a physician. And truth be told, we ain't never going to get perfection here on earth. We're just a bunch of beggars trying to point other people who are begging where you can get some bread at. And you'll never hunger. 
and you'll never thirst because he's also the water of life, the Bible says. I want to close with this. Famous rapper um, I used to listen to a lot. He said, man, if the Bible's true from Genesis to Revelation, well, let's just say this. Let's go this way first. If the Bible's not true from Genesis to Revelation and it's fake and Jesus Christ was just some random dude and he was a real nice guy and he told you how to be nice people and that was it. If I die, and I'm talking about me, if I die believing in this, but it ended up being fake, what did I lose? Nothing. I did not lose a damn thing by believing in this and trying to live, quote unquote, a good life, peaceable life, right? And I actually was talking about this with one of my barber's fellow employees, or not employee, damn it, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, coworker. But I was talking to him and I was like, man, if it's not true, then what did I lose? And even he, he said himself, I knew how to put, in, uh, put the word in his mouth. He said nothing, right? Okay, so I flipped it. Then I said, well, if the Bible is true from Genesis to Revelation and Jesus Christ is the only way and you reject that and you're not living that lifestyle that reflects a life submitted to him, what did you lose? And he stood quiet. And then I told him, you lost everything, everything. Because you will be spending eternity, the Bible says, if you reject Jesus Christ, you would be spending eternity, not only apart from him and outside of heaven, but in hell, weeping, gnashing of teeth, very nasty, dark place, scary place if you think about it. But here's the thing, guys. God is giving you an out through his son, Jesus Christ. You ain't got to go there. You have free will. He is not going to force himself upon you. You have a choice to make. I became a Christian because he's the only thing that makes sense in this world. This world is nonsense. Nonsense. He's the only thing that makes sense. I hope that this maybe piqued your interest, maybe gave you a little bit of insight. There's so much more I can go into. I'm trying to keep these a little bit shorter now. But guys, please think about what we went over today and what we talked about. And if you could find a way to reach me, if one of my friends maybe gave you this podcast or my family member sent this to you, ask them for my number or my email. I would love to talk to you. I would love to pray with you. But by becoming a Christian, you guys, this is the best decision you'll ever make in your life. But also the flip side to that is to deny Jesus Christ, to deny his word is the worst decision you will ever make ever in your life. Give up your fight. Lay down your pride. The answer is here. It's in his word. God of the universe loves you, created you, died for you, rose again for you, and he stretches out his hand. It's up to you to take it. I'm beseeching you, I'm begging you, that you will reach out and you will take his hand. Because once you do, he'll never let go. Love you guys. I hope this blesses you. Have a great day, morning, night, whatever it is. 
Love y'all. I'll see you again in the next one. Should be a good one. Why stay a Christian? Peace.